Hi there, and welcome back to Multiple Mimosas with Liz, the podcast where no one has time for proper stemware. So just grab whatever cup is clean and close to you and fill it up with your drink of choice for today's episode because I'm bringing back a podcast favorite, Dr. Jen Gowers, and we're going to talk all things positivity. Toxic positivity, how to incorporate positivity into your everyday life, even if you're a natural grouch, and what to do and how to lift yourself up out of a hole when you're not able to muster any positivity, even if your life depended on it. Go ahead and top up your cup so that we can jump on into today's episode. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, to Mugful Mimosas. Cheers there. <laughs> Cheers. Although we have to uh, tell the people these aren't mimosas, they're vodka cocktails uh, using the new Ciroc Honey Melon, uh, Diddy, Diddy Love, whatever sponsor. One, please. I'm so faithful to Ciroc. I literally took a shot of Ciroc as At her wedding. my wedding like ceremony as the official. As the official. <laughs> They were Ciroc shots. So, Diddy, if you're listening, please sponsor me to do anything, even if it's just free Ciroc, because I'm just, I'm going to drink it anyway. So, it'd be nice if it was free. Okay. All right. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Another sip on that note. Uh, All right. Uh, I am really excited to talk to you. I'm really excited to talk to you, Liz, specifically though about this topic, uh, because it's something that the world wants to know about. The world wants to know. Uh, so the topic is positivity mm-hmm. and just how to incorporate, like just positivity. Mm-hmm. What, how, how do you feel about it? How do you incorporate it into your life? What, what are, what are your thoughts around it? And I think the best the best way to kind of like intro that into this and why I chose you for, for, for this topic is um, something that we talked about when we last connected, mm-hmm. which was about initially when we first met, I thought that you were very, fake is like the wrong word, but it's the right word. But it's like, I, I very much equated like you with toxic positivity until we actually met and had a conversation. And then I was just like, Oh, it doesn't, doesn't turn off. Like that's just who you are. And I was just like, Oh, Oh my God. What would it be like? How different could my life be? (laughs) How different could my life be if I just felt like that all the time? And yeah, and like here we are, and just yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what else to say because it's just it was so surprising to me. So I think you're the perfect person to talk about uh, positivity and how to incorporate it into your life genuinely, because I think that's the that's the biggest difference. It's that. It's genuine, the joy and the positivity that you like feel and radiate and share with people and like, mm. like that comes out of you is always genuine, mm. which is different and which is 
what makes it not toxic. What that was when I realized like it wasn't. It was like, oh no, it's genuine. Because once it's genuine, it's, you know. Oh, thank you, Liz. Well, I feel like let's spend a moment on toxic positivity because it's like the thought of the moment and it's probably in the back of people's minds like why would I want to be more positive because right. this is also like a fatal flaw in our society. Right. <clears throat> I know toxic positivity is a lot of things, but I feel like one of the clearest things that it is and will allow you to avoid it is it's the idea to me that you aren't listening or hearing or empathetic or caring or thoughtful or genuine with the person Mm. across from you where like they're sharing something real with you and you're Hmm. just like but the sun is shining right Right? right, like and that I think is that is the problematic positivity I think is the like I am going to shove this at you even if you're in pain yeah and whereas I feel like genuine positivity can help get you through pain yeah but it's got to it's got to be accompanied with like authentic, like listening and loving the person mm-hmm. that you're talking to. Otherwise, I feel like that is when positivity becomes problematic or mm-hmm. toxic. So mm-hmm. just to touch on that first, because I bet some listeners in the back of their minds are like, nah, I think this is a problem in our society and I'm, I'm pissed about it. Okay. Yeah. So I am a positive person for a, a few reasons. The, the number one and initial reason is my mother. She was the type of person who she would sing, I feel healthy, happy, and terrific when I was a child all the time. She would open my like curtains in the morning and sing Good Morning from Singing in the Rain. And she was just a big believer that like if you want it to be a good day, it's going to be a good day. And so I got that from like birth Mm -hmm. that like you choose it, you know? Um, And... I would say there it was there were times when it was problematic because there wasn't a lot of room to feel different or be different. Mm-hmm. So like as I became an adult, it's been really refreshing to be like, yeah, and then you'll move through difficulty and it's okay and important to pause, feel like a Buddhist, right? Like feel the feeling, let the cloud come over you, realize it is not you, sit with it, invite it to tea. Thank you for coming and allow it to move on, mm-hmm. right? Like I feel like what accompanies the ability to be a positive person is also the willingness to know that the only way out is through. So when other emotions come to visit, you welcome them in and you let them move through you and then you let them move on so that you can go back to your default. But I feel like when I was 14, I guess, that's it was the – I was like super overweight Mm. and I had come through some like great difficulties with my family and I was really, really depressed and something clicked for me that like first year or two of high school that it was a choice. You know, I remembered things from my childhood about like, well, you're going to get up in the morning though and you're going to choose to focus on the good and then there's going to be more good. Have that mentality that's so young and it isn't to like it isn't to knock anything about mental health right like Mm. depression is real anxiety is real the dark things that move through you hereditarily or otherwise are real so it's really important good therapy has helped me so much and like has been unbelievably healing for me but in addition to that i really believe that you choose your mindset I think that's 
really deep because it's something that funnily enough, I, I, I just, I don't, I mean, and I think people can, but I haven't met anyone who has come to that realization without therapy. Oh yeah. No. That's, right. That's the thing. Right. And it's just like therapy right now is so, it's so difficult to get, you know, and, and then even when you get it, like it's difficult to, to like connect with someone. You have to be lucky, you know? So I, I just, it's that such a key, it's such a key thought that you can choose it. And the problem with that thought is that in the moment when you need to choose something else, that's when it's the most difficult mm-hmm. to wrestle with because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you just want to go with the shitty feeling. Mm-hmm. And cause it's easy mm-hmm. because it's giving you all the, it's like talking to you. It's mm-hmm. giving you all of the reason to be angry and answers to your question. Mm-hmm. And then it's rationalizing mm-hmm. all the irrational things in your brain but it's just that that other voice is still there. It's just like waiting for its moment to cut in and it can't because the other, so you just have to interrupt it. You have to interrupt it. But it's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard in that moment. Until it becomes natural, you know? And it's not that it's not like, how do I put this? First of all, you're 100% right about therapy. Second of all, like it, it's, it's necessary. Second of all, it's hard to get. Third, um, I had strings of therapists that were wrong for me before I found mm. the right one. Yep. You know? And fourth, um, I get just as much out of journaling. So, like, mm. if therapy isn't available to you right now, like, writing out your thinking can get you to a new place, mm. too. Mm. It really can. Um, okay, so I think a lot about, like, brain patterns and, like, the grooves that we make in our brain. And a lot of the things that I think and believe that are, like, old and dark and ugly are just like old grooves and old roads that are like easier and more familiar for me to walk because I carved them hard as a child or in the past. And so the more that I just abandon them, like do not make them walkable paths and make the new path walkable, remind myself like this is actually the best example I have about this is about my body. And this was like taught to me initially in therapy, but then you do the continuous work, right? So like, I used to pick apart. I mean, I am a woman. I'm a white woman in American society. So like mm-hmm. from like the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. So like the diet culture was strong. Yep. The yep. Dexatrim was yep. like handed to me by trusted yep. adults. <laughs> you know? The higher the waist <laughs> on the leotard, the uh-huh. better. Yep. Yes. Um, yes. And there was nothing more problematic than being like, remotely overweight like it didn't matter how much you achieved or who you were or how good you were like if your body was not physically perfect it was not gonna fly because you are a white woman in American society in the 80s and 90s and there's one way for you to be and that is a 12 year old boy yes and if you are not a 12 year old boy it's a problem yes I can remember like big achievements in my life where like my dad I love him God love the bunnies forever and ever and ever love you forever R.I.P. But he had so ingrained in him as a white man growing up in that same time period, right? Like, he was like, that's what you're doing so great in school, honey, this, that, and the other thing. But, like, gained a little weight, though. All the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. Why does everything else have to be diminished? 
so it's so as you know for yeah. yourself it's so ingrained yeah. in you that like it's not enough because the physicality yeah. isn't yeah, perfect yeah. and so I got to like 26 and I had this wonderful therapist Rachel shout out to Rachel who was like draw your body and she gave me a huge piece of chart paper and I came back with it and she was like oh I didn't say you had to do it naked and I was like you didn't <laughs> we we're getting in here right and she was like whose thighs are these and I was like, those are definitely my thighs. And she like held it up against like a mirror to me. And she was like, this is not your thigh at all, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, oh, fascinating. So like I would walk by any mirror in my 20s and just like tear myself up and down, pick apart anything I could. What did we mean? Say terrible things to myself. 30. Okay. Okay. I was about to say, because I was just like, I would tell you all the time, girl, I would kill for that ass situation. <laughs> I would switch with you right now for that bottom situation, the whole Which thing. Is like, process, take it. too, as a white yeah. lady, it's yeah. been really, it was really therapeutic to, you know, teach in the Bronx and, and, Hell yeah. and Harlem. And because it was just like, there was a different aesthetic yeah. that was acceptable. And I'm Yours. Not, I am sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yours. <laughs> so I got new feedback. <laughs> I got new external feedback <laughs> to match my new internal feedback. And it really worked, you know. But it was a lot of, like, messaging that was like, let's just reprogram the whole thing. Let's make an entirely new brain groove because the old one is strong yeah. and tired and loud yes. and reinforced. So it's like, okay, um, the new one is I am healthy and strong. Mm. And I want to get continually healthier and stronger. And this mm. has served me. You know, to the point where I can't even tell you. Like, I literally love myself. I love my body. My body is nowhere as thin or as tight as it was when I was 30. And I love it so much more. It, like, carried a baby and birthed a baby. It, like, continually can lift, like, heavier weights, you know? It, like, can carry my daughter, you know, several blocks across the street. Like, I think that... It is an amazing body and I want to take great care of it because I love it. And that is not something I ever thought I would believe or feel. And so I give this thorough example just to say like you can retrain your brain to have a completely different mindset of love and joy and positivity towards something that you used to disdain and speak so poorly about with just the habitual choice every day to speak to yourself differently. It's true. It's true. It's literally, it's what I talked about in the very first, very first episode of this podcast. Yes, it is. Particularly and specifically with my body as well. And it's funny. It's funny because we were just watching Trixie Motel. Yes. Love you, Trixie. Shut up. Love you, Trixie <laughs> and Katya. Oh my gosh, I can't. I let's not. Let me not even go down that <laughs> rabbit hole because I'll talk about them forever. Um, but. You, you like mentioned, oh, she's showing her motel in this like little pink bathing suit. And I was thinking to myself when you said that, it's it's very funny. My brain goes into these like random like pinball tangents, I call them, because it just they hit a whole bunch of different like thoughts. And all I could think to myself was, oh, I remember saying at one point that the only time that I would ever wear a bikini would be when I was pregnant. And then when I found out I was pregnant, I would only wear the bikini that whole time because... And this, this is exactly the, the, the verbiage that I would say to myself because that would be the only time it would be acceptable for a fat person to wear a bikini. And I would, I, I literally, I would say this all the time. Oh, the minute I find out I'm pregnant, I'm going to be in a bikini. The minute I find out I'm pregnant, I'm going to be a bikini. And it's funny because I just came back from my anniversary trip with my husband and I was in a two-piece the whole time. 
And so beautiful. The whole time. And the very first time, I, I remember the very first time that I wore a two-piece was in 2020. It was the last trip that I took before the world <laughs> shut down with Allison. Shout out to you, Allison. The second time I mentioned you on this podcast, so that means you have to come on here and mm-hmm. talk to me. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, but I, it, it felt wild to me. It was just like, I was waiting for the police to come <laughs> and, and take me away and say, ma'am, you know, you're over the limit for bikini. And nobody gave a shit. Because shout out to Trixie walking around in her swimwear and Lizzo walking around in her swimwear. The and best. Like, oh, she looks so good. But like, this is it, Liz. Like, that is the power of like real, genuine, authentic positivity. Like, it can take uh-huh. down uh-huh. old patriarchal uh-huh. notions of what is acceptable body. It's true. Like, if societally we can all just say no we reject this. We're choosing love instead. Like now my daughter gets to grow up in a different society than we grew up in. Mm-hmm. And that was like unfathomable to me as a kid because my mom had just as much put on her as I had on me. And so I expected that my daughter was going to have to live with the same shit, but it's actually been transformed and lifted. And is it done? Is it over? No, but is it better? It is. Yeah. Right? Like you feel safe and comfortable to wear a two-piece bathing suit whenever you choose. And so does the fabulous Trixie. And so do I. And so does my daughter. Mm -hmm. And that's a new world because people are accepting new ideas that are more positive and loving. Well, that's actually a really good segue into this because how do you... Your your daughter is the best human in the world. She's the best human in the world. Literally the the funniest, like most hilarious, smartest, most eggplant loving person I know. <laughs> she picked an enormous eggplant when we went to a farm. Oh like my God. she had to carry it with her entire body. <laughs> she was like baby and the watermelon. She was so cute. But so talking about her, thinking about her, what how do you how do you Knowing that that's what your mom taught you, like you get to choose it, mm-hmm. seeing what happened and how it took you long time to figure out, like you get to choose it. How, how are you showing up? It, how is positivity showing up for, for you as you're raising your daughter? How are you teaching it to her? You know, I'm writing her a book. Which is one way, um, just of everything that I feel like I have oh. learned, so she can have it. But I like, but on the daily, like I feel like it's anybody. It's what every, everyone else will say, which is like you just have to model. So like when we're in the street and this is just involuntary for me, but she's like picked it up as a habit. You know, like I'll see another woman who has a bright coat on or who looks really beautiful or who is like radiantly smiling and looks like she's like owning her day and I'll just say you look so beautiful today or I love your coat or like my goodness like thanks for that energy same I love doing that me too because we need we need more positive people in the world we need more positivity we need less haters we have enough haters if you see somebody who looks great just freaking tell them they look great you don't literally understand how that's gonna change the trajectory of their whole freaking day that's it but anyway I cut you off sorry no you didn't you just reinforced that's it so like she sees me do that she sees you do that 
she understands that's a way to be in the world and now she does it oh, you know I love that. and that's i feel like the best thing <laughs> that so we cute. do for our daughters yeah. right or for our children is just they they're gonna pick up they're not gonna pick up what you say they're gonna pick mm. up what you do mm. So like I'm glad I'm writing this book for her because I I'm, I want to get it all down. It feels important to me in some I way, like legacy way. But like the truth is, what she's gonna get from me is what I routinely do. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, she also spends the majority of her time in school, mm-hmm. and she'll be exposed to so many other people besides you and her yeah. dad. So, how do you deal with? I don't shit that comes up Mm -hmm. Uh, like when she comes up with some like negative shit that she heard from school from a teacher from a friend or on the bus uh I try to do it the same way that I do it for myself like we sit down and we unpack it we talk it through I feel first of all I just feel so glad that like and I understand that she's four and that this will change you know over time she's really like 27 she is but like when she's actually (laughs) when she's actually a teenager Liz she she may or may not be as open with me about you know what I mean like Mm -hmm, and that's important mm -hmm, too mm -hmm, like I know mm -hmm. that there's like a developmentally important pulling away going to other people she'll have Aunt Liz thank God you know she'll have people (laughs) in her life that she can Mm -hmm. talk to about it that are not me but right now I get the pleasure of like she will and so whatever it is like this isn't even negative this is like wonderful but like they're discussing gender identity in her pre-k class Mm. and like she's she says you know like mom I feel like a girl She's like, but, you know, one of my classmates, she said he didn't, he says he doesn't feel like either a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. And this is a, like a great example, like not of like challenge or negativity, but of like a great, let's like capture that open mindset because I really feel Liz, this is also from my mom, that like everything is just energy. Mm-hmm. Like mom- all moments are not, this is what I believe now, like and I've been through like a real shit season, so you can yeah. know I believe it, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. they're like, it's not good or bad. It's just an opportunity. Mm. And there's just energy. You've been given energy. So like what are you gonna do with it? Yeah. You know? So like if something terrible happens to her, if something great happens to her, or if something like open happens to her, like, wow, let's think about what does it mean to to feel like a gender, yeah. you know? We get this moment of saying like, oh, like, yeah, you know, some people don't necessarily feel associated with either one. And like, isn't that great that there's this moment at school that your teacher has carved out to talk about this? Not necessarily for you because you feel really attached to the gender that you were assigned at birth. How like seamless for you, but like for this, you know, young human being who says, I don't feel like either now there's the safe place for that child to explore that idea mm-hmm. with a community and the other children are aware that this is something we talk about, mm-hmm. you know, because just like weight stuff, like I feel like sexuality and gender stuff was stuff we never, Mm-mm. uh-uh, no, you stick, that is like your personal stuff that like you should hide Girl, this if is it's 17 not standard. Years of Catholic school, they weren't talking to me about shit. <laughs> they were talking to me about sewing that bad boy up until I met my husband. That's it. And giving it to my husband and then that's it and then have as many babies until... Well, and let's talk about that. I just had one of my like closest friends who's like 40 plus as well say to me like, I don't know how we're expected to just turn sexuality on when we're with our husband after we like grew up in this like really chaste Mm -hmm. culture because like 
I was told just be chaste. So now that I'm married, I don't know how to like feel comfortable with and activate my sexuality in ways that I would have wanted to because like all I did was lock it down because that's all that I was told, just like lock it down. down. Lock it up. So like how do I just like open it up and like suddenly accept and love and explore it when like I have so much shame and so much like guilt and you know, it wasn't like there was not a healthy trajectory into mm-hmm. now here's what it looks like to explore mm-hmm. sexuality. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, so I'm just excited. I feel like wrapped up in positivity and joy is this idea that like you can celebrate your body, you can celebrate your sexuality, you can celebrate your gender. And there's like spaces for the gray that you're mm-hmm. talking about and for that to be happy and joyful and normal and good and so you know I feel like we're collectively like growing our positivity and our joy as a society by allowing more light into rooms like that Mm, mm, mm. and so then what do you do when someone who's like return like perpetually like positive always looking on the bright side like what what do you do in your lowest moments mm. when you're just like at the bottom of this, I'm at the valley? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the first thing that I do, I think, is remember that, you know, the light is really strong and it's really powerful. And most of the time um, it can prevail through almost anything. And when it's really dark, um, I can pretty much guarantee you, Liz, that it's one of two things that's happening. It's either doubt or it's despair, right? Double and Ds. Those are strong. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the not hot double Ds. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. But I feel like that's, I think that's all the darkness has as tactics. So like even when I'm, and again, if, if life is just a choice moment to moment, or in big moments between fear and love, I'm probably afraid. The darkness is probably gripping me through like fear. And then it just, it only has those two tactics. It only has like, essentially it, it lies to me Mm. in one of two ways. Either it's going to make me doubt myself, my capabilities, my worth, my new brain scheme. Like we've talked Mm -hmm. about like, no, 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 the old one. Mm-hmm. excuse me is right mm-hmm. like you you're not worthy enough to do x y or z you don't you can't you're not yep and if i listen to it long enough i may despair right like that's absolutely right i do believe all of that i absolutely cannot and now i'm in you know what my friend shelly and i call the mud swamp or like the mm. pit but like the thing is you get out like the only way out is through, right? So then it's like, okay, I take some breaths. I might do some writing. I might talk to someone who I love who has a different perspective on it. Because like the thing, it, it sounds so much darker in your own brain. And as soon as you start to get it out, mm-hmm. it's lighter, mm-hmm. right? Like I think mm-hmm. about like Gnostic gospel, but like gospel of Thomas, like it's like it, if you bring forth what is within you, what is within you will save you. Yeah. If you true. do not bring forth what is within you, what is within you will destroy you. It's true. So like you just got to expose it to the light. It's so true. Call, oh my God. You call up somebody you love. They tell you it's a bunch of shit. They tell you your, your brain is lying to you. You move, but you move through it because it's real because it's heavy and it's real and it's your own old patterns lying to you and you have to, you have to move through it. 
there's oh, the only way out is through. So I listen to it. I let it do what it's going to do. And then I remind myself that it's lies. And if necessary, I get external people to remind me that it's lies. Yep. Yep. And then you can come back into yourself breathe reground the clouds like literally part in your mind and you're like okay no it's gonna be okay no what's actually true is I can do this I've done this a hundred times this is a walk in the park for me I've survived all my bad days Mm -hmm. I got this this is new for me but I'm excited by it I have everything I need to make this happen Mm -hmm. I have the support around me and the love around me. the universe is holding me and uplifting me I want to know what my capabilities and my limits are I am definitely going to try this and I have x y and z gifts that are going to help me to do this and Mm -hmm. so here we go you know but like I don't think it's possible to get back there without fully going through whatever came to visit you. But it's always going to be doubt or despair and it's always going to be a lie. So just Mm. like buckle up and like get through it Mm. and get it out of you and then you can move on. Mm -hmm. Mm. That really, that really resonated with me. That really resonated with me because I feel like that is a tactic that I've been using lately this get it out of you tactic just say physically and out loud what are the things that are bothering you or pissing you off and just get it out of your body and then you it it just it does a couple of things one you get to hear it so like you get to hear if you sound like dumb <laughs> it sounds and, like trash and, when and, it comes and out I'm, and i'm like and i'm like i'm, I'm being very particular with my words because i am like committed to not speaking badly about myself but like sometimes it sounds silly and you're just like that sounds no but it didn't sound silly inside it did not sound it sounded silly inside. scary and real yeah but yeah. then you said it out loud and you're like that's bullshit yes exactly 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 and then you get to defeat it like you get to hear it and then defeat it or Something that I, something that I've picked up from my meditation practice, and I want to be very clear, like this is not something I do very often. I don't want to like make it sound like easy on this pod. It's just like I meditate sporadically, and I love and use Headspace. Shout out to Headspace, also sponsor me. Um, but something that I do when I'm doing their meditations is as I have my eyes closed and I'm visualizing. There's a thing that I used to do when I was little and having a bad dream that I also use here and they're a little different. When I was having a bad dream, I would imagine, physically imagine, I would picture a janitor in a big blue jumpsuit with a big push broom. And I would imagine this janitor literally like push brooming the vision of whatever was scary and creepy out of my brain. I would, I would visualize this and it would kind of sort of work. Like I would still be a little shaken or whatever, but like I would, I would be able to stop seeing the creepy thing that I'm seeing. Uh Similarly, when I'm meditating and a random thought comes up, what I imagine is sometimes it's a janitor. (laughs) Most times it's just like a hand that comes and takes that thought and puts it on this imaginary shelf and just like puts it away and said like, okay, like, thank you for this thought. We're going to come back to it later. But like right now we are focusing on this. We're not doing anything. Like we're focusing on our breathing. We're focusing on our breath. We're focusing on the body, whatever. And literally as the thoughts come up, the hand comes, takes them and puts them on the shelf, just puts them on the shelf. And I think folks feel sometimes very silly doing those kinds of visualizations. Mm, mm-hmm. 
and don't realize how super effective they are because it's it's just a distraction <laughs> you're distracting yourself like you're now have your brain is now having to work on thinking about the the visualization mm-hmm. like what does this person look like what does the jumpsuit look like you mm-hmm. know like the push room like is the, are they dissolving the scene or mm-hmm. is it like are they interrupting the, are they now in the scene? you know like you're you're now challenging your brain to come up with a different trajectory of thought and distracting it and sometimes distraction is exactly what you need to bring you back to the real world and i think all in all the the thought here is like Sometimes positivity is just reminding yourself of real facts, like bringing yourself to this moment. Yeah, there it is. Reframing. That's That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. And I I believe completely in what you're saying about visualizations. And I know that they can feel silly, but I also think it's not even necessarily distraction, right? Like as you were talking, I was thinking about two that my parents gave me, one from my dad and one from my mom. And they're like powerful things to this day. My mom gave me like fill your body with light before you go to bed. Like she was like, just lay there. It's so simple. You just lay there and you're like, the light is entering my toes. The light is entering the balls of my feet. The light is entering the arches of my feet. And she would do it all the way up my body until it came out my head. Yep. Beautiful. Beautiful. And so like cleansing and healing to think about light all through your body. And it's again, like it's maybe it sounds kind of silly, but like you do it and you feel differently. Yep. And then my dad gave me like build a city in your brain. Mm. And I think this has helped me be a better problem solver. <coughs> He's like, he was like big into like what's everything that you would need to make a city? Where would you put the water main? Mm. Where would you put city hall, right? What roads would you have? Where would you put a roundabout, right? What is going to be significant about your city? How are you going to do the electrical grids? And it's endless. Interesting. You know? But it really, these things like these visualization techniques, Liz, like help you reframe your mind in positive ways. And then when you think about things like I'm a problem solver, I know how to calm my body. Like visualization teaches you things like that, Mm -hmm. you know, like so that when you do it in real, and your brain doesn't know the difference. Your brain cannot tell between rehearsal and reality. So if you have done it in your brain, you can do it when the moment arises because it's like, Oh my gosh, I've done this. I know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. That was deep. Well, I think we are close to wrapping up. So is there, <laughs> is there anything that you want to tell us about positivity? Any gems that you want to leave us with? Any nuggets of wisdom when folks are, are struggling? I think just the idea that you can always choose joy and it's always available to you it's available to you in a dark moment it's available to you in a mundane time um you know i think about some of the most joyful moments some of the most like moments of like great release have been like after or during a funeral the laughter that i experienced during like my separation from my daughter's father right like sometimes the most powerful joy will break through some of the hardest Mm. moments. Mm. And so if you, you know, can just say to yourself, like, I'm going to get through this. I'm strong. I know that there is good waiting for me around the corner. Then you re-choose joy. And it trains your mind to look for 
the things in your day that are going to make you uplifted, right? Mm -hmm. And it's usually, Liz, as you know, as simple as like just listing out a couple of things you're grateful for because Mm -hmm. it will exponentially increase the things around you that you're grateful for. You just start to, that's what you look for now rather than like what's pissing me off, what's awful, what's making me mad. If you are thankful, you cannot be filled with negative emotion. Gratitude is the kryptonite to any negative emotion because suddenly you remember everything that you have and you feel too thankful to give your power over to anything else. Yeah, it's true. It's true. That was so beautiful. I'm not even going to say anything else because that was beautiful. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I know we'll have you back again. (laughs) So there's a couple more things that we definitely need to talk about. I love you, Liz. You're the best. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you. As always, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Mugfuls of Mimosas with Liz. If you can, please leave me a five-star review on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen, and follow me on Instagram or TikTok at LizLaughLoveNYC. See you next week, and make sure that your cup stays full. Bye!